Welcome to Dare to be Seen, brought to you by Alyssa Vulpez Productions and EDN Publishing. Join our hosts, Alyssa DiNapoli, aka Alyssa Vulpez, author, artist coach, hypnotherapist, singer-songwriter, and drummer, as she engages in down-to-earth, insightful, and inspiring conversations with female indie singer-songwriters around a virtual campfire. We shall discuss the lessons, songs, and personal stories of women who dare to be seen, scratching beneath the surface to give you an insider look into what makes their chosen career sometimes challenging and yet always inescapably compelling. So let's get the show started. to another episode of Dare to be Seen. I'm your host, Elisa Di Napoli, a.k.a. Elisa Vulpes, and today's episode features Liz Barak. Liz has a long mileage as a singer-songwriter. At 19, she moved to London, played clubs, tube stations, and eventually was signed at East West Records. She studied in Berkeley, Boston, and in Amsterdam Conservatory, and spent six years in Berlin as an audio engineer of a grand circus. She wrote a novel called Ballad to the North Wind and created a correlated music project with songs mentioned in the book. Before we meet our guest for today, I would like to invite you to go to tinyurl.com slash podfreebies and you will be able to download for free my essential vocal warm-up so you can perform with authentic confidence while keeping your voice safe and healthy. And now, here's our guest for today. very interesting to empower women and to find women that are very very talented in what they're doing and women unfortunately and I'm saying this with a lot of pain and I'm saying it from the industry are still considered underdogs inside the industry listen I, I left Israel seven years ago because I wasn't allowed to be head audio engineer on stage places are still giving women the lead on anything in in, in on, on the producer seat on the on the engineering seat on the mixing seat definitely on the mixing seat you will not find women so but you can't find women playing, you know, other instruments. It's like in a way we grow into, into a culture that tells women what they can and cannot do. But the thing is, 
that the, even the men, they were not as good as me. They, they didn't have degrees, for example, in, in audio. I did, but they didn't. You know, they didn't even study. They just studied on the job. And they didn't know the physics of acoustics. And you know, it, I'm not saying it's important or not important, but I had more knowledge than that. But it, doesn't, it didn't even matter because I was still considered second grade to them. Too much tenderness Still pacing deep inside Begging for more And I had managers of, of audio companies telling me, yeah, you know, you're a brilliant audio engineer, but you know, the men I could play, they don't want to work with a woman. Let's welcome today's guest, Liz Barak, all the way from Israel. Welcome to the show, Liz. Hi, it's very nice to meet So um, what's it like at the moment uh, in Israel? Is it a bit chaotic like everywhere else in the world? I think we're in the top level of, of chaos. We're quarantined again, so we're stuck at home yet again on the second time. <laughs> oh, yes. I know the feeling of that. I've been uh, locked down in Scotland forever. <laughs> and, um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, on the other hand, you know, there's always uh, upsides, I guess. There's always something um, else that we can focus on. And I know that you've been very busy recently. Yes. Yes, I have. You've been working on your original uh, song that's just come out, I believe, The Ballad of the North Wind. Yes, it's the last song of my project. It was released last week. I'm very, very proud of it. It's the only original song of the project. So maybe we should explain a little bit more about uh, what this project that we keep on mentioning is all about. Yes, um, the music project is, is it's, it's hard to say it's just a music project because it's not an independent project. Uh, it's a dual project. I wrote a book also called Ballad to the North Wind, uh, which is about a female singer-songwriter living in London uh, during the 90s. And because she's a musician, there's a lot of music happening inside the book, uh, which is just mentioned there. When I finished writing the book, um, I kind of felt it wasn't telling the whole story um, doing it like that. And, and my main profession really is, is music. I mean, music, writing was something new, which I like doing, but it's, I'm telling stories through music. I'm not telling stories through words in general. So... I've decided on creating, it started very small. I decided to write, uh, to make some kind of cover project that I thought maybe would help the PR of the book. It's not really, really, really small. Um, I put it out on Facebook for my friends, my, all my musician friends. Uh, I asked them if they want to give me a hand and, and maybe record with me some stuff. And fairly quickly, I realized I'm kind of barking the wrong tree. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a professional musician. I've been doing this for over 20 years, nearly 20 years now. Um, can't do just, you know, let's make a cover project. I mean, it's just, it, it seemed very quickly, like something very unprofessional of me to do. Um, and I knew I kind of needed a bigger concept here. Um, and it all kind of started with Layla, which is the first single of, of the project, Eric Clapton's Layla, which is um, the most important song in the book as well, because my lead characters are called Eric and Layla. Um, and that's their song, obviously, because that's how they're called. Um, and I wanted to make something really big out of Layla. 
uh, and I didn't really know what to do. And then one morning it hit me that maybe if I took amazing e-guitar female musicians from around the world and beg them and maybe manage to convince them to, you know, record a new version of Layla with me, um, that would be a good start. Um, it, it started really on a whim. Um, I was pretty sure I'm, I'm, I'm hallucinating here and this will never work. But I gave myself three weeks and I told myself, okay, I'm going to start emailing every famous female e-guitarist on the planet and maybe one of them will call me back. Um, <laughs> and so I wrote, I think I wrote between 500 to 1,000 emails uh, to basically every known female e-guitarist on the planet. Um, and they got back to me. <laughs> um, this is how it all started. And, um, and they all thought it was a brilliant idea to create a new version of Layla uh, uh, only with female e-guitarists, the original one, not the acoustic one. Um, and suddenly I, you know, I, I, like from that crazy idea of mine, I suddenly had, well, the, in the beginning I had 15, but then due to Corona situations, it was, it ended up being 12. Um, but I had 12 f um, female e-guitarists in which five of them were actually incredibly famous. Um, and then I had to stop because, you know, I, I needed to start building something. This, this was just an idea. And, you know, I convinced people women from around the world to join me but I had no guide track I had no arrangement I had nothing it was just an idea um so um I had to stop with that moment and I've, I've decided I'm gonna I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it properly um and then two things happened um the first thing that happened is that I realized that I've created I've, 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 I've I came up with an idea which I love um which other women can relate to as well. Other women in music are hearing it and it's like, oh my God, that's a really beautiful idea to create a cover project that is constructed from female musicians. And so I knew at that moment that I had to create something bigger, uh, that I came up on an idea that is very interesting to me. And I've been working about empowering women in a lot of aspects in during my career. So, and then I knew that I, if I want to create a cover project for the book, I needed, this would be my idea because my lead character is a, is a woman and she's a musician and the book talks about her as, as a strong, strong female musician character in an industry that is basically male dominated. Um, it's, it's not about that. The book is a love story, but really that's the character. It's very, very clear throughout the character that this is who she is. So what happened with Layla made me create a whole new project that is completely independent with songs from the book. So basically the two are talking to each other because the songs are songs from the book. Um, but the, the project is completely independent and non-book related because its entire idea is empowering women in music. And so every song of the project, I found other female musicians that participated uh, in in, in, its, in itself. So I wrote um, basically eight arrangements. Um, the, the eighth one is my original. Um, and, and the first one was Layla, but Layla was, was undoubtedly the biggest thing I have ever done as, as a music producer. I've never created anything in that scale. And the ballad, which is the original one, um, is, is really the last one, which you know is, is the whole process of, of the past year of creating thing from Layla until the ballad, which I, I didn't even intended or doing that. Uh, this was, there was a very big question mark as to the ballad to the North Wind, because it's, it's the last page of the book. It's, it's a song she wrote him. 
and really and it's being revealed only in the last page of the book and and I wasn't going to compose it um there's something very private about me that couldn't really do it because um there are elements of stuff that really happened in reality from that book it's not it's not a memoir or anything like that but there are elements of truth inside it um and you know and the ballad to the north wind is based on another song that i wrote 20 15 years ago um and and it started from that song that i wrote and somehow it became a story and somehow it became a book and then the whole thing happened so writing another song about about a book that i've made is from from a song seemed like a bit of an odd thing for me to do but i, ha I have ended up composing it which again was i was very happy i managed to do that because i was very i wasn't really sure about that so how did you get over that obstacle and actually ended up composing it? I was avoiding it for a very long time. Do you know what? I, I was trying to work on every song. I was I was really making myself overly busy with everything else other than getting to that song. And Corona uh, had me stuck at home. Uh, and and I had to, had to kind of deal with it. Um, and I knew that kind of... I've created a project called Battle to the North Wind, and but I kind of knew that it's not going to be really complete if I'm not going to do it. I think I composed it at least 10 to 20 times before I've reached this version. So you said COVID kind of made it happen, where you faced with yourself and it was no more possible to kind of run away from it? Yeah, there's a lot to do with this story because the song was written on a man I was madly in love with when I lived in London and then it ended very sadly and, and I kind of took the basic ground idea of that story and made the book out of that story that is written in the song that was based on some relationship I had many, many years ago. Um, again, it became something completely different throughout the process, but it started from there and kind of composing that song couldn't have done by a character that I've made up and made the whole story happening. It had to be by me. And if I wrote it, it had to be composed in a way that it's written to that person again, which I didn't feel very comfortable writing another song to him. <laughs> um, so it kinda, I kind of had to like open something in myself, which I wasn't really comfortable opening. Um, I've opened it in the book, I think, um, but I've hidden it very well uh, with fiction. <laughs> so you don't really know I've opened uh, the stuff I've, 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 I've opened. So it was about vulnerability, feeling vulnerable and showing who you are. It made me feel very naked. And when you finished it, did, what was the result? Did you feel a transformation inside of you? What happened? I think I was in doubt I would be recording it all the way through the end. Uh, I had serious doubts whether I'm going to record it, even after I composed it. Um, and and then the and then the project was finished. Um, I've I've had throughout the the end of the project there was a lot of um, issues that happened. The first half of the project happened perfectly. The first four songs happened in perfection. It was beautiful. The harmony that happened, the musicians that I found throughout the world, it was just amazing. And then um, the fifth song was kind of happening well, but it started to have like issues. I think. COVID had to do with it. The people were home. People were getting frustrated from their lives, and and you know it's just more struggling to get people to work in time frame and to deliver what exactly I needed. So, yeah, it started to kind of uh, be more difficult, and I got stuck with two songs that ended up being much more magical than I thought they would. Um, the last two songs of the project before the ballad was uh, Leonard Cohen's, Cohen's Hallelujah and um, a song from The Little Mermaid, <laughs> um, which ended up being amazing, but they, they had a lot of changes throughout because of 
different musicians that kind of were in and then they were out and then they were in again. So there was kind of a bit of a mess happening there. I'm very, very proud in what happened, but, um, but kind of my head was very, very preoccupied. And I was kind of telling myself, you know, seven is a good number. Uh, I like the number seven. I'm going to stay with seven songs. We don't need, uh, we don't need the ballad. It's fine. Um, there's nothing really personal for me. Um, it, for me, it was just, it was very fun to be only on, on the producer seat. I mean, I am singing one song. I was singing by that time, just one song on the project, The Star of the County Down, which is a song I really like. Um, but I was kind of being very comfortable just sitting on the, on the producer seat uh, and not, and you know, my head was very preoccupied in that, on that chair anyways. But then Hallelujah was finished and um, my mastering engineer, his name is Robert. He's a very, very good friend of mine. And he heard um, just the version of me and the guitar of the ballad and, and he gave me a ring and he was like, well, so you're recording the ballad now. I'm waiting, you know, I'm waiting for the tracks um, to hear what's going on. And I was like, no, I think, I think I'm gonna let it go. You know, COVID and mess and life and, I, th I think I'm tired. I think I'm going to stop at number seven and that would be it. And he was like, fuck no. Sorry about my language. Uh, and he was like, <laughs> sorry. Uh, he was like, no. Uh, and he basically forbid it. Uh, he said, I have to find it in myself to record it. And then the thing that I was really, really happy about that um, I, I contacted some of the girls that played on other tracks. I contacted uh, Fiona Little, who was playing in Star of the County Down. She played the violin there. I contacted um, Claire, who played guitar and Layla. Um, I've got a few others that ended up not participating in the video, but they did actually participate. So I, I ended up talking to a few, a few girls that really captured my heart that I accidentally came across during the project and I asked them if they might be interested in recording for for the last song and I kind of expected them to say no you know um everybody recorded for free I mean everybody either recorded for free or recorded for really really very little um and you know because most people just recorded just for the sake of the idea of the project no one really recorded you know to gain any like a big amount of money um and I kind of expected everybody to say no I think I think that would have been very comfortable for me if they would have <laughs> uh and then they all ended up saying they would <laughs> uh which put me in a spot that okay so all these amazing musicians I came across um said they would participate so I kind of had to do it and then and to be honest I, I heard it when I was finished and I was like I felt very insecure about releasing it I I haven't released any original songs of my own in years uh, I've been sitting only on the producer seat for so many years now it was very hard for me to sit suddenly in the artist chair <laughs> uh, and I think I had a lot of confident issues with releasing it and the day when I released I was like you know what? I don't like the video I don't like the recording I don't like my voice I don't like anything I'm just gonna release it you know and get it out there and finish with it and you know and then the project's done the song's out that that was the way it was and are you are, are you happy now that you've done this? I am. And I even sent it to the man that, you know, the whole thing started from where the song originally was written about. And so I even sent it to him and even he heard it. So I even gathered the courage to do that. Did it have a healing yes. effect on you? Yes, definitely. I think I kind of were able to let it go by doing it. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I've I've written songs about uh, plenty of uh, past relationships and uh, I have done the same thing, sent them the song. So um, before I ask you just a little bit more about the project, I wanted to just ask a bit of a detail about how did you choose which songs would actually be in the project? Um, so Leila was the first obvious one. Um, I also knew I really wanted 
uh, to put Leona Cohen's Hallelujah in it. Though I will tell you, um, Hallelujah was was my biggest fear throughout this project because basically Jeff Buckley had done it perfect. Nobody can compete with it. It's so beautiful. That's it. You can never reach that level. And and if anybody reached somewhere close, well, it was Rufus Wainwright. So, you know, if if you approach a song that has been covered gazillions of times and it's been done and there's no chance you could outdo like what, what's been done already. That's it. The sky had reached. Um, so I really wanted to do it because I think it was it was a pivotal moment in the book and I really wanted to use that song. Um, but I, I approached it with a lot of fear. Uh, it took me forever to find a vocalist for it uh, because I, I had so much fear doing it because, you know, it was done perfectly already. Um, I was very lucky to find, actually, it, it happened really by accident. Um, there was a drummer who's a, an old friend of mine from Berkeley in Boston. Uh, he lives in New York. His name's Dan. Uh, he's a Grammy-nominated drummer. He's an amazing musician. Uh, and he played drums for a couple of the tracks on the project, uh, being a good friend. Uh, and he's married to an amazing singer. And... I was, I'm not really using my contacts like that usually. Um, I mean, I use my friends like that, but I don't use their partners in that respect uh, or friends of friends. I mean, I would ask, I would ask favors from my friends. I would not never dare to ask favors from their partners or from their friends of friends. I, I think that's a bit much. Um, and it took me forever to gather the courage to, to call down and say, you know, your wife, she's like a well-known jazz singer and she's gorgeous and amazing. <laughs> Do you reckon she might agree to, to participate? And he was like, I don't know. Um, she's a nice person. I could give you her email. So he gave me her email and, and I wrote to her with so much fear. And I was so happy she agreed uh, to sing. And she's just, you know, I sent her a very mediocre track of me singing. And then she returned a track of her voice. And I was like, oh, my God, I had chill when I heard her voice singing. So it, it really, it was really an amazing thing that happened. So the, so Hallelujah is basically my biggest fear and I'm really, really proud of the, at the end outcome. Well, there's a song from The Little Mermaid, which is completely unrelated to the rest of the songs. Because <laughs> uh, all the rest are kind of folk songs, folk and rock songs. And um, and The Little Mermaid is completely unrelated. I had to do a lot of work with the arrangements that they have it somewhat fit. Uh, but I had to put it in because um, The Little Mermaid, um, it's it's a song about a prince called Eric and the, and the book is about Eric and Layla. So I thought it was appropriate to put a song about Layla and a, a song about an Eric. Um, so I put it in just for the sake of it, knowing it's not really fitting, but I, I had to have kind of a balance in the universe. Uh, so that's why I chose that one. It's also a private joke between me and, and that person, because um, I did force them into seeing The Little Moment. I really did it as a private joke with myself. And then um, I think Star of the County Down is a very important song in the book. And, and I did it knowing that I'm going to sing it. I did it knowing I'm going to contact musicians from the UK uh, and Ireland to play. I, I did it like with a complete clearance in mind of what I want from happening. And then the rest of the songs, I think um, those were the clearer ones that I knew I was going to take. And then in a way I kind of, you know, I, I start. I, I had a list of all the songs in the book. There were about 20 songs in the book. Um, and then I just picked ones that I thought I would have fun arranging, really. I mean, all the rest, it was, just, it was just based on what would I like to arrange. I have an open book as my own project. Nobody's telling me what to do. Um, so it was really based just on that, the rest. So now this project is finished, I take it. Is that done or where would you like to go next? Or where would you like to take it next? Well, now it's out, first of all. Uh, I think... Um, 
my first, my biggest dream about this would be first of all to to have Eric Clapton hearing my version of Layla. Uh, that would be the first dream of it. Where where would it go? A good place where it would be a dream come true for it to go. Um, but it, it's out. I think I think the second something's out, you don't really know where it's going to lead you. Um, life had taught me a lot about releasing things and not really knowing where they're going to go. But the bigger idea that it came up with of having cover projects with female musicians from around the world, you know, they're really, really amazing at what they're doing and using them to record parts for something that they're really, really good at. I really, really like it. Um, I think it's something very interesting to empower women and to find women that are very, very talented in what they're doing. And women, unfortunately, and I'm saying this with a lot of pain and I'm saying it from the industry, are still considered underdogs inside the industry. Listen, I, I left Israel seven years ago because I wasn't allowed to be head audio engineer on a stage. Everybody knew I was able to do it, but nobody was letting me do it. And, and I left Israel because this is what I wanted to do. And, you know, and, and, and it took me forever to find a job in Germany that, you know, gave me the opportunity to do what I wanted to do with my life, um, which is to be a music producer and audio engineer and to to be the, the one in charge of everything. Uh, and there isn't a lot of places of still giving women the lead on anything in, in, in on, on the producer seat, on the, on the engineering seat, on the mixing seat, definitely on the mixing seat, you will not find women. And not even, and, and I think part of the thing of this project, especially as e guitarists, you don't find women that are e guitarists. It took me forever to find these women because there aren't any. Um, so to find women that are very, very good in what they're doing is, and, and you know, and, and put them together and, and, and embellishing just how amazing they are, I think. I think it's something I would want to do further. So th there's going to be more projects like this. Some of it was going to be with original, some more covers, but there's going to be more projects in this direction coming in. Yeah, you, you were saying that there aren't any guitars, but what I am actually hearing is that there are. They're just not uh, easy to find because they're not seen. Or no, it's not that they're not seen. I mean, if you look for, if I would need to find men to do what the women I found did, it would have been a hundred times easier to find men that were very good guitarists, like unbelievably good guitarists able to play these things. If I would be looking for men, it would have been a significantly easier job. It would take me a lot less time. Other than female singers, which was probably the easiest thing for me to find for this project, female singers are there by the thousands. Um, finding players, uh, finding either women to, you know, to create beats, uh, DJs, finding other engineers. Um, I couldn't find, I mean, I had to use my friend, which is mastering engineer and he's a man and I couldn't find a woman who was doing it better. Um, he knows he's, he's not is my brother in heart, and he knows if I'd have found a woman for this project, I would have taken her. And I couldn't find a mastering engineer. Well, I can give you a name of uh, of uh, an amazing female mastering engineer in um, New York. Now the the name just escapes me because I'm really bad with names, but I can tell you her name afterwards. But no, I, I can I I can see what you're saying, and um, and I wonder, do you have any theories about why this is the case? Why it's so um. You know, are women discouraged from become becoming players? Is that there's an expectation that if you're a woman, then you can't be a good player? What do you think is going on? I could tell you. You know, I've I've studied when I was in Berkeley. Um, I did my bachelor degrees in Boston. Um, I was um I was music production major, and I was on the guitar department because when you study in Berkeley, you have to be an instrument major, whichever major you're taking. You also have to have an instrument major, and I was a guitar major there, and um. We were about 10 female guitarists on about 1,500 men. 
yeah, I started with Neely Brosh, who's probably one of the biggest uh, e-guitarists in metal in the world today. Uh, she also participated in the project, bless her. <laughs> uh, she's an old friend. Um, so that shows you in proportion that most women do not go professionally into playing instruments such as guitars. You find women playing violin, you find women playing piano to a good level, but you can't find women playing you know, other instruments. It's like in a way we grow into into a culture that tells women what they can and cannot do. You know, I, I teach guitar and, and most of my students are girls. And every time they're being discouraged and telling me, oh, maybe I should just play chords. I'm saying, no, 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 you're gonna, you're gonna learn notes. You're gonna learn scales. We're gonna learn how to play solos. And she was like, yeah, but only, you know, my brother, he knows how to do that. I was like, yeah, but you could learn how to do that as well. So, you know, there's something very basic about the way the world is being portrayed to girls that, you know, there are things that they can't do. You know, when I started doing audio engineering, I was basically the only woman in Israel that was able to do what I was doing. I was the only woman in Israel able to do sound on a high level um, seven years ago when I left. The only woman. It's insane what I'm telling you. I completely agree with you. I mean, I play drums and uh, I... There's no female drummers. Do you know how long it took me to find female drummers? Forever. There's no... I don't know, really, it's impossible to find women who play the drums. So there, there is a, a gender thing that happens in the world and it's, and it's improving, but it's not there. Definitely not there. So what do you think made it possible for you to be different? You know, what, what's different about you that made it possible for you to think even that you could do these things? I wasn't even thinking of myself as because I'm a woman, I'm doing stuff. It's just, I think um, as a singer-songwriter, I think it was always what I wanted to do. And, and I went to study at Berkeley just because I wanted to have a degree in being a singer-songwriter. I, I didn't really have any other expectations. I didn't really, I didn't get into this industry in that respect like that. And I think getting to Berkeley um, put me in a situation that, first of all, I was able to choose if I want to be on singing major or guitar major. And I was like, I'm not going to be a singing major. You know, what? Uh, I'm not an American. I don't want to be. I'm playing a real instrument. Um, so... So I chose guitar and then being in the guitar department and suddenly noticing it's like, oh, okay, what, why aren't there girls here? So this was just a, a new thing for me. I didn't realize there were not that many women playing guitar to a professional level. And then same thing happened in the audio engineering department that it was just mainly mostly men dominated. And, and I don't, and again, there wasn't anything unequal inside the school about it. It's just, it was something very clear that you've noticed. And then, um, and I really liked that feel. So I kind of had, I started walking in that path just because I liked it and it was opening my mind into new ideas as to what I like to do. And then I went to the world and started working in it. And I wasn't really intending on making a profession in the beginning out of audio engineering. I think it was, it, it re I mean, I had a degree in it, <laughs> which was funny, um, but I was kind of in my head going to keep on being a, a music, you know, singer songwriter. Um, my degree was dual major with composition. I, I moved to Amsterdam. I started doing a, another composition degree. Um, so I wasn't really thinking about it like that for a very long time until I kind of got into situations where, where I was always the only woman and, and it's very, when, you know, when you're the only woman, you're kind of noticing it. It's very, very clear. Um, and, and it started making me feel very uncomfortable. Um, you know, the more you, you, you get advanced in what you do and the better you get, you see that there's less and less women there. Um, and I know I started feeling very uncomfortable about that information. Yeah, it sounds to me like, you know, you just listened to your inner voice. You knew you wanted to do what you wanted to do. You wanted to play guitar. You wanted to do audio engineering. And it didn't even come as a doubt at all. But then when you were confronted with the reality, 
it started to become a question, why is this happening? And I I think it's about the unconscious um, absorption of societal norms, you know, and what is expected of us. And it might not even be said explicitly, but I remember myself when I started playing drums, I was so insecure about it, you know, because there was always almost this, you know, male voice in my head going, girls can't play drums or, you know, girls aren't going to be, you're never going to be as good as a man. And, you know, I have to be super amazing to even be able to be considered, you know. <laughs> That's that. And there are so many men who are not really that good of a drummer you know and they don't think about it like that at all you know I had men working with me who are not throughout the years as you know in doing live, live audio I had so many men working with me who were I'm not even saying it from ego they were not as good as me you know they were, I worked with men who were 10 times better than me but I also worked with men who were not as good as me you know you always you know when you work with people you work sometimes with people who are much better than you people who are less good than you and but the thing is that the, even the men, they were not as good as me. They, they didn't have degrees, for example, in, in audio. I did, but they didn't. You know, they didn't even study. They just studied on the job. And they didn't know the physics of acoustics. And, you know, it, I'm not saying it's important or not important, but I had more knowledge than that. But it, doesn't, it didn't even matter because I was still considered second grade to them. I lost jobs because I wasn't lifting as good as men, you know, the heavy crates or the heavy or, or the heavy monitors and stuff like that. I lost jobs over stuff like that. And I had managers of, of audio companies saying to me, yeah, you know, you're a brilliant audio engineer, but, you know, the men are complaining, they don't want to work with a woman. I, I, that's part of the reason I lost. I left Israel to begin with, because um, I, I, I was sacked from a couple of jobs with that sentence of, 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 you know, companies telling me, you know, you're a brilliant audio engineer, but, you know, the men, they just don't want to work with a woman. Um, so that happened, you know, and, and then, you know, those kind of stuff happens to you and it's like, what, what? I guess my question is, what are we going to do about it? What can we do about it? You know, because it's so tricky. It's so tricky because even, uh, the getting angry about it yeah sure it's you know it's an important issue but then there's the danger of oh you're just you know an angry woman i'm angry feminist but you know what I, that's why i'm not being angry about it anymore that's why i've done this project that's why i went all the way with it as well after i i saw what happened with the response i had for Layla, i i said to myself well, oh, i'm gonna make a whole project out of it instead of being angry i'm just gonna do something about it i have a studio i love doing what i'm doing i i i have a day job that pays my bills i, I teach i have enough students that pay my bills but I don't have to do that I have enough people coming to me and asking me to mix their music so I don't really have to do this thing for for a living I, ha I can I have to do this during nighttime you know instead of sleeping hours but I I I've just decided to do this in a way of that would be my answer to all the people telling me I can't yeah, I really like this attitude because instead of being against, it's it's uh, proactive, and uh, it sounds like you you know you're very committed to women's empowerment, and it's going to go beyond this project. And I and I guess uh, that really was my question when I what I meant to ask, I suppose, when I said uh, what's um, where do you want to take it next. What I meant is where do you want to take the women's empowerment next? You know, do you have any idea yet, or is it something that perhaps will emerge later? No, there's a couple of ideas of where the next projects are going to be. I I haven't decided. There's like three or four options as to what's the next project is going to be about. It's going to be theme based. It's not going to be on a book. It's going to be on a different, it's on an, on an actual theme that's going to work in a more cohesive way, I hope. Um, I just, um, 
I haven't decided which one I want. And so in terms of um, <clears throat> perhaps encouraging um, young, younger women who may want to get into the audio engineering world, uh, would you have any advice for them? Um, use your ears and don't, don't listen to what anybody tells you as long as you're using your ears and you're trusting your ears, you're going to get far. Really, trusting your ears is probably one of the best advices I was ever given by someone I really admire who I worked with. Um, and I've, and since I started listening to my ears, like really listening, um, I think it just changed a lot of things. It doesn't matter how fancy your equipment is or exactly how much you know. You know, you're going to use whichever equipment you have and you're going to use it to your best if you're really, really listening. And in terms of uh, being discriminated against, is there um, a strategy you now have? You know, how do you deal with it now? Uh, wow. I think I, I just, um, I'm being me. Uh, and I'm kind of like, let it pass me. I don't, I'm kind of like not seeing it, not hearing it, getting in from one ear, getting out from the other one. I'm, I'm not angry about it anymore. I'm not, um, if, if people disrespect me, I, I, as a person, even for me, it's not because as a woman, you know, if people talk to me in a certain way that it's just disrespectful as a person, I'm just not going to stay there. I'm just walking away. Um, I'm, I've, I've done trying to fight people over decisions that they're making that are not reason based. Right. It's, it's their loss, basically. And and I like it because you're not giving them more power. No, no, I'm just I'm not sticking around because, you know, this is um, it's a negativity you don't want to have around. So you just, you know. Other people will, if you're good in what you're doing, people would notice. Yeah, I like that idea because it's the idea of that no one can hurt you unless you let them. And I think though, as we are, you know, we grow older, it's easier to uh, really have that perspective. But when, you know, as a young woman, I remember being very insecure and uh, and kind of uh, depending on other people's approval. And, um, and I think the most important lesson is to be your own critic um, and... <clears throat> and really appreciate um, your talents and believe in yourself. I mean, I know it sounds cliche, but at the end of the day, it's it's the way forward, isn't it? So um, I guess we've come to the point where I think it would be nice for you to share one of the songs from the project. Um, you were telling me that you'd like to play a, a live version of The Start of the County Down, which is a song from Ireland. Uh, I know this song quite well. I used to sing it myself uh, when I first started. Um, so you're going to do it for us today um, all over from Israel, over the internet. Yes, I am. Down one morning last July, from my boring room came a sweet Carleen, and she smiled as she passed me by. She looked so sweet from her tuba feet to the sheet of an up brown hair. Such a coxing air, sure I shook myself for to see I was standing there. From Buntry Bay up to Derry Cay, and from Galway to Dublin town. Who made us seem like the fair Colleen that I met in the county down? As she onward sped, sure I scratched my head and I looked with a feeling red. And I said, said I to a passerby who's a maid with a nut brown hair. He smiled at me and with pride said he, that's the gem of Ireland's crown. Young Rosie McCown from the banks of the branch is the star of the county down. From Buntry Bay up to Derry Cay and from Galway to Dublin town 
like the fair Colleen that I met in the county down. Sly and a smile like a rose in June. And she held it snowed in her old bone throat as she lilted lamenting tunes. At the pants and dance, you'll be in a trance. So she skipped through a jig and a rail. In her eyes, she'd roll as she lifted your soul and your heart, she would likely steal. From Bantry Bay up to Derry Cay and from Galway to Dublin town. Who made us sing like the fair Colleen that I met? Well, it's been lovely to have you here today with us, Liz. And for any of our listeners that want to know more about your project, uh, where should they go? www.lizbarracksproject.com Okay. Well, that's all for today. Thank you very much um, for being with us. And all the best with your projects. Thank you very much. That was my guest, whom I'd like to thank once again for coming to the show. Every week I'll be chatting to fantastic indie performers to uncover what it really takes to be a female, independent singer-songwriter in this day and age. And how we can support one another to keep shining our light onto the world through our creative endeavours. So make sure you don't miss out by subscribing to Dare to be Seen and follow us on socials at tinyurl.com slash dare to be seen pod. That's all for this episode of Dare to be Seen. Join the conversation on facebook.com slash groups slash dare to be seen podcast and help create an empowering community of independent female singer songwriters who support one another. For show notes, resources, and information on today's episode, visit tinyurl.com slash daretobeseenpod. And remember to shine your own unique light onto the world. It needs it. Music